You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone Montreal right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Of course, The Press Zone is a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are proud to be with those fine folks. And uh, we are just tickled pink that you're all here with us today. Uh, I am your host and the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. My name is Amy Johnson. I'm joined every single solitary week by my tremendous co-host. He's our founder, our president, our editor-in-chief. He wears many hats. Um, Not sure which one he's got today, but in addition, he is the co-host of this show and he is Rick Stevens. How are you doing today? I was just in the middle of sending you a Twitter DM. Really? Uh-huh. Even though you knew that we were doing a podcast. Well, yes, but <laughs> this is about ice cream, one of your favorite topics. So I figured that I'd send this to you um, and just just say that um, sometimes it's, it's, it's good to be in Canada because there are things we can't get in Canada that you can get in the States. Okay. I'm just going to say right now, so I'm checking my DMs and, and Rick has sent a, I don't, eat, I don't know, I don't know where you get this, but Van Leeuwen's ice cream. Yeah. Very famous brand, I assume. I, okay. Dutch ice cream. Mm-hmm. Um, has a brand new flavor out, a limited edition flavor uh, that they're saying that they regret to inform is, uh, is very, very good. And it is the Kraft mac and cheese flavor. Ice cream. Ice cream. Uh-huh. Um, I'm all about the Kraft dinner. <laughs> Combines two of your favorite things. I don't eat it with ice cream. Would you believe, this might even shock you even more, that the fact that they, they claim this is this tastes good. Um, we, know, we know of someone who has also said on Twitter today that... He has tried it and agrees that it tastes good. What? Mm-hmm. Okay. Darren Ravel. Oh, really? Darren Ravel from the <laughs> We're All a Little Crazy podcast, podcast here yeah. on the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, if you check his Twitter timeline today, he also has a picture and says, um, basically says, I hate to tell you all this, but this is actually good. 
my one of my motivations uh, obviously this is a topic you you enjoy um but one of my motivations for sending this to you is is to test just the kind of of uh, professional broadcasting professional that you are to see how mm. you would segue from <laughs> <laughs> from craft mac and cheese ice cream to um you know our ad copy and the rest of the show really yeah well um that's that's fun <laughs> <laughs> it's a challenge it's a challenge um i would say that our content today mm-hmm. under the press zone montreal is going to be as delicious for your ears as Darren Ravel and and everyone else says that this ice cream is. Wow. How about that? <laughs> that's that's a <laughs> that's a professional, the mark of a professional. <laughs> All right. Well, we do have a lot to get to today. We're going to run down the agenda for you in just a moment, but first, you know, you've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports and how payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. So, making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night, and it's so simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. That's billion with a B. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get in on all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. You know, since you said that to me, I pulled up Darren Avell's tweet and I forgot that he actually had it's it's complete with his own home video of showing you what the actual ice cream looks like as well. Really? He says, We tried the new Kraft Mac and Cheese ice cream from Van Leeuwen. It's legit. And there's a lovely video of of the inside of the tub of ice cream that is the same attractive color as Kraft Mac and Cheese. So, yeah. Will you be making a video? Of me eating KD? Sure. <laughs> on on our uh, Rocket Sports Slack group, we have uh, a channel called Hockey Pub where we mm-hmm. where we post uh, refreshments and and um, and uh, food that that we enjoy and share with the group. I, I thought maybe this would be a place for you to share that. Um, not if I want to gross out the rest of the team. I don't know. They'll all be listening to this, so they can all let me know in Slack. They better Do you all want be me- listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Maybe we should do team homework, that we need a response from everyone in Slack just saying, you know, yes or no and nothing else right so, so that nobody else knows what the assignment is that you, they just have to say yes or no do you want amy to taste test the kd ice cream and then everybody who doesn't say either yes or no will know that they were bad and didn't listen to the podcast this okay week. <laughs> <laughs> things you do in the off season Team building, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a tremendous show for you today. It's not just about macaroni and cheese flavored ice cream, I promise. Um, because uh, in case you haven't noticed, 
Um, off season? What off season? Uh, true. I think it's already come and gone. Uh, things have been hopping uh, in this in this last less than a week. Um, ever since the Canadians' season came to an unfortunate early end, um, so we're going to briefly touch on that. We're going to focus mainly in this first segment on the two big pieces of news, which is basically all coaching related. Uh, Of course, Dominic Ducharme just signed uh, a contract to become the next, uh, the 31st head coach of the Montreal Canadiens. We're going to talk about that signing today uh, and what that means for the bench at the NHL level. Then we're going to bring you uh, plenty of audio. I was involved with two press conferences with Joel Bouchard uh, in the past uh, four days after news came out that he has been named the new head coach of the San Diego Gulls. Um, And uh, so catching quite a few people by surprise that it's a lateral move to another AHL franchise. Uh, So we'll talk about the move. We'll talk about the vacancies that that leaves in Laval. uh, And we'll bring you lots of audio, both from Joel Bouchard and Bob Murray, who is, um, who is the senior VP uh, for the Anaheim Ducks, who was directly involved in the hiring of Joel Bouchard. Um, We'll also talk just a little bit about uh, the Trois Rivières Lions, give you some updates there. And then in the second segment, when we go in around the AHL and beyond, uh, give you some updates on the new Abbotsford team for Vancouver. Talk a bit about um, that Stanley Cup winning team for the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, has a lot of uh, players on it who have played in other professional leagues other than the NHL. We're going to talk a little bit about that because it's uh, runs along a common theme that we like to remind listeners about uh, in covering prospects. Uh, So we'll talk a bit about that. And of course, we're going to talk about uh, the big week coming up next week for hockey news um, and all the fun that's going to come along with it. And uh, our feel good finale. I'm going to give you a sneak peek of our of our feel good finale, Rick. Today, uh, this is episode 198 of the Press Zone, um, and it is the first episode of season five of the Press Zone. Wow. We are officially kicking off a new season of the Press Zone today. Uh, we have the episode 198 here uh, at the Press Zone, Montreal, and uh, so our feel good finale is going to talk a little bit about the new season ahead. So you don't want to miss that. So without further ado. Um, I'm really, you know, there's been a lot of, um, grieving, I think for Montreal fans in, in the last six days as, as they settle into the reality that the Canadians did come up short, uh, eventually in, in the Stanley cup final, uh, losing to, uh, the Tampa Bay lightning, uh, with that, with that shutout in game five, um, there was a lot of emotions. There were a lot of things that happened. Exit interviews took place quickly after that on Friday. Um, and so instead of rehashing all of that here, Rick, I'm actually going to plug your other show. Uh, I would encourage Everyone, if you have not listened to this past Saturday's episode of the Canadians Connection with Rick and Joe Whalen, I highly recommend that you go and listen to that because those two gentlemen spent uh, a good amount of time on Saturday breaking down the end of that Stanley Cup final run, 
and also going through all of the ins and outs and details of the exit interviews, what was said, what wasn't said, who appeared and who didn't. Um, Lots of information they covered. There's lots of audio to dissect, um, and they did a great job of it. So that's what I would recommend you do. Uh, If you're not already subscribed to the Canadians Connection podcast, just uh, check it out on your favorite podcast platform. And uh, I think that would be a great way for people to get all caught up with kind of the, the summarization of the Hab season. And it, it, it summarizes uh, how the season ended, um, what changes uh, are coming up, and, and sets up uh, the questions that, that are going to be asked um, as uh, we enter a new season and, and certainly all the changes that uh, might be happening over the offseason. The big question, of course, and it's one that we talked about here quite often throughout uh, this playoff run for the Canadians, and talked started talking about it more once they had that um, very surprising comeback uh, at in the second half of the, of the opening round against the Toronto Maple Leafs and ended up uh, ousting the Leafs in the first round. We started to talk about how this was good for the players and the Canadians and and as they kept magically getting through round after round after round, but that also on the same side, it also made it more and more likely that Dominic Ducharme was going to lose the interim tag on his title and not lose the head coaching job uh, to make it permanent. And uh, Rick, they certainly didn't waste any time making that a reality. In his, uh, the exit interview, uh, Dom Ducharme said, uh, was asked about it. Um, and he said, uh, it won't be too long now. Well, it wasn't very long <laughs> it wasn't at all. Long at all. <laughs> uh, and, uh, it's, it's once the Canadians made it to the Stanley cup final, it's, it's interesting how things change mm. that certainly any of the discussion as the season ended, um, there wasn't, uh, there, there wasn't a chance that, uh, Dominic Ducharme would be made the, the permanent head coach, um, based on the regular season. And even, um, as the, the first round of the playoffs was going on, it, the, the Canadians, um, if they, uh, exit in five games to the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's very unlikely Dom Ducharme, uh, would have been, uh, made the the uh, the head coach. It's it's probably and there's certainly some question of of what would have happened with Mark Bergevin uh, as well. So um, the, the success in the playoffs is certainly uh, the 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 games that were stolen, the 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 rounds that were stolen by uh, Carey Price has has uh, been beneficial to uh, people like uh, Dom Descharmes will likely benefit. Uh, Phil Deneau as well, and uh, and I hope at, at least they said a, a thank you, merci to uh, to Carey Price for <laughs> uh, helping uh, solidify uh, the role that they'll have going forward. Dom Descharmes signed a three-year deal, uh, reportedly at one point seven. <coughs> excuse me, <laughs> yeah, I choked you really on that. Choked saying <laughs> I did one point seven million dollars <laughs> per season. Uh, you know, it's funny to me. Um, I'm going to be quite honest. Do do I like this signing? No, I don't. Um, people have very short memories uh, in in hockey fandom, and everyone seems to want to trip all over themselves in congratulating Dominic Ducharme on what a tremendous job he did coaching the Canadians all the way to the Stanley Cup final. I'm not going to get into 
why or why not people should feel that way. That's you're entitled to your opinions. But they seem to forget, as you as you just kind of referenced there, it was a really rough end of the regular season for the Canadians. And as soon as even Claude Julian was fired, if people would recall, um, there were and I'm and I'm not advocating for any of these folks. I'm simply reminding people that fans were all abuzz and in the media was all abuzz about, oh, okay, well, um, somebody should call Patrick Waugh. <laughs> uh, definitely call Patrick Waugh. What about, um, wh- what about, uh, what about Gruel down in, down in Syracuse? What about, um, what's well, Ger- Gerard Gallant? Uh, what about, you know, there were, there were all sorts of, everyone started speculating, okay, who are the French speaking coaches who would be available, who could come in? Um, and Dominic Ducharme was just kind of the placeholder. The placeholder. Yeah. Um, I I I agree. Yes, the Canadians got to the Stanley Cup Finals. So okay, there's a modicum of you know consideration that's given there for me. And I'm not saying that I don't like the signing because I've got something against Dominic Ducharme. I just feel that for a franchise to give themselves the best path forward in the next three years, it would be worthwhile for a franchise and an organization to do their due diligence. And even if at the end of, of a, of a search process and interview a few head coaching candidates, if at the end of that, you still settle on Dominic Ducharme. Okay. But at least you'll have explored the options you know, and and Mark Bergevin said in in his in his presser on on Saturday. You know, he 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 keeps indicating, oh, I always I always knew Do- I wanted Dom to be around long term. So that indicate that tells me that Bergevin says, look, I put him behind the bench as the assistant because I knew at some point he would get promoted, and that's what I wanted. So. The head coach search was over before it began. Um, as soon as Claude Julien was gone, as soon as the interim tag went on Dominic Ducharme, it sounds to me like Bergevin already already had his mind made up. Um, I don't think that that's for me. I have an issue with that from a management standpoint, and I just would have liked to have seen the can- the Canadians explore their options um, and just really weigh all of the experience that they could have brought on board um, and and things of that nature. And then if they settled on Dominic Ducharme, well, have at it. Um, but would have liked to have seen it gone a different way. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily take as gospel what Bergevin says. He changes his, his story to, um, to fit. Um, uh, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know that he knew. I, I think that uh, it, was, it was a panic move. He was in crisis the the Claude Julien wasn't getting the the results that uh, met Bergevin's expectations, and um, and and he just did a number of things. Uh, not only uh, Claude Julien, but uh, Kirk Muller and Stefan Waite um, to to try and turn things around. If if uh, they had failed, um, I I think um, that that. Uh, uh, he would have been 
you know, rather than just the interim coach, he would he would have been the sacrificial lamb mm. at the end of the season. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I I don't know if um, if uh, Mark Bergevin really had a, a thorough plan. He was just. Uh, as he said in his uh, his uh, year-end media uh, availability, that he just couldn't comprehend why they were losing. He couldn't. He thought that he had put together such an amazing uh, team, the best he's ever done, and he couldn't comprehend why they were losing. And so that's why he began, um, you know, changing the coaching staff. With respect to Dominic Ducharme. The, the the thing that bothers me most is we saw what happens uh, when you when you put in uh, an uh, a person without any experience, uh, and that was Mark Bergevin, who just really struggled for six or seven years before he kind of got his feet under him. And Dominic Ducharme, um, you know, say what you will about uh, any kind of coaching experience that he has, he has zero experience as a head coach in the NHL um, until. Uh, he he was um, he got the interim tag and and you know I, I don't think we know what kind of coach he is yet. Uh, we know he has some deficits. We know communication is 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 not very good. Um, but we don't know what what kind of coach he is with a training camp, with a regular practice schedule, uh, and being impl- able to implement his entire system. It was kind of flying by the seat of his pants throughout the whole um, operation. And then it once into to uh, the playoffs, it was kind of turn it over to Kerry and let him uh, carry the team as far as it could go. And, and you know, Dominic Ducharme was absent for two weeks uh, during, during that time. Um, so I don't think we'll have a full uh, evaluation in, until, uh, until next, next year. But I, I think it was, was pretty clear uh, in the final, that uh, the Canadians' coaching staff was thoroughly outcoached by an experienced uh, John Cooper, one of the better, one of the best coaches in the NHL. Absolutely, uh, and uh, the interesting thing from uh, the other interesting thing from Ducharme's uh, press conference today is is he was asked, "Are you retaining?" Alex Burroughs, Luke Richardson, um, and and his indication was he that they would like to have them back behind the bench. Um, Sean Burke, it's up in the air as of right now if he will continue the day-to-day goaltending coach duties or if he will go back uh, to Arizona with his family and hire uh, an on-site goaltending coach. Um, so, Rick, it's... It, the way Duchar made it sound is that there won't be much of a shakeup behind the bench. In addition to, he wants to add another assistant, correct? Uh, and and it would actually be uh, two assistants if if uh, all goes according uh, according to plan. Um, remember when Sean Burke was uh, appointed? He was appointed as director of goaltending. Uh, at the time, there wasn't, um, you know, the, the plan wasn't to have him involved day to day. That happened by necessity. Mm-hmm. Um, and and even with him substituting in uh, when Ducharme was uh, in COVID protocol. Uh, so there would be, as you said, a, a, a goaltending coach, hopefully hired, uh, as well as as one more assistant for uh, behind the bench or or uh, up in up in the press box, whatever whatever the case may be. However, they choose to align them. 
Um, it's a, it's it's a bit of a surprise with Alex Burroughs. I, I, I saw that uh, also with someone with such a thin resume uh, to be quickly promoted to the, the NHL level. And we saw, I mean, he, he came in with one idea for the power play that worked for five minutes and then <laughs> he couldn't get, he, he didn't have anything else to offer and, and the power play struggled. Um, his, his coaching resume would have been, um, augmented his experience augmented, uh, by sending him back to Laval, but it doesn't appear that, uh, that will happen. Well, it's funny you mentioned Laval, um, because if, if that's not enough for the organization to come up with, uh, as far as coaching vacancies, uh, there's a whole mess of them in Laval, uh, We've talked a, a couple of times in the last few weeks about how there had been rumors circulating, uh, beginning to, to swirl around that uh, Joel Bouchard would not be back as the head coach of the Laval Rocket. Um, Rick, I know you had speculated, you know, wondering if it would mean a promotion coming up either uh, as an assistant to Ducharme or if it was more of a management position somewhere within the Canadians organization in the front office. Um but the rumor was certainly out there. There was even uh, Pierre Lebrun uh, had talked about with with um, with Arizona getting a new head coach. It was it was rumored that perhaps Bouchard was going to go there as an assistant. Um, and it turns out um, he decided to surprise everyone by making a lateral move. And it was announced late last week um, that the San Diego Goals had hired him as their new head coach. Um, which I think shocked everyone in Montreal and probably shocked a lot of people in San Diego as well because Kevin Deneen, who was a very capable head coach for the San Diego Goals, still had another year on his contract. Uh, and so the announcement meant Kevin Deneen was out suddenly and Joel Bouchard was in. And, and Rick, it was, uh, I think everyone sort of had to pick their, you know, ex- kind of expecting that something was going to happen, but not that, uh, and and kind of had to pick the jaw up off the floor a little bit at the end of last week. Well, I think the, the uh, there was an expectation that, that Joel Bouchard wanted to move. He, you know, he, um, he, he very ambitious. He wants to, to get somewhere and get there fast. Um, so it's not a surprise that uh, there was a change. It, what was a real surprise is that he took a straight lateral move. And the only reason you take a straight lateral move is that things aren't working out with the organization that you're with. And and all the niceties that have been said by Mark Bergevin and Joel Bouchard, we know that we know that there's been tension. We know that there's been tension for at least a year uh, between Canadians management and Joel Bouchard. Um, that uh, they didn't see eye to eye as far as philosophy, uh, the 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 development philosophy, um, and um, and and it, it caused some some strain at times. Um, and uh, you know, we we've talked about whether you know there there's um, a learning uh, that goes on or a teaching that goes on in in the AHL. Uh, or if if winning is is the is what brings people along, if putting them in a winning environment helps them learn, and I think there's there's two very different schools of thought, and and that existed in the Canadians uh, between Bouchard and and um, whether it be Mark Bergevin or Scott Mellenby um, that that he was dealing with. So that was that was certainly. 
um, an issue, and um, and I think that we saw as 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 time went on uh, that that Joe Bouchard was excluded from things. Uh, we know that he was was uh, coaching the Black Aces. Uh, the Black Aces were essentially disbanded. Um, after round two, once the Canadians started traveling to the States, uh, they disbanded uh, all of the uh, Black Aces, with the exception of Kale Fleury. He was added to the, uh, to the extended roster and, and, uh, and traveled, but uh, there wasn't, um, there wasn't a, any duties for Joel Bouchard to, to take on. And uh, in fact, even even in the you know as as time went on, as the playoffs were going on, there was still um, announcements of signings. We've we've talked about a number of them uh, for the Laval Rocket, and Joel Bouchard was not a part of those conversations. Um, so that was happening even before um, um, a place like Anaheim um, showed interest. Anaheim only got involved. Uh, once uh, Joel Bouchard became a free agent, and that was after his contract uh, ended on Ju- uh, June thirtieth. It's uh, and we're actually we're going to share a bunch of audio with you. Uh, it's funny. Um, you would think that there would be one Joel Bouchard presser from uh, the San Diego Gulls, uh, and and there was that happened that took place yesterday, which uh, I gladly took part of that. But uh, as soon as the news was announced. Um, on Friday, within two hours, the Armada organized a yes, yes, the Amar, the Armada from the queue <laughs> organized a, a press conference for Joel Bouchard to come out and speak to the media right away. Um, so Bouchard had kind of his own presser <laughs> uh, via the Armada um, to talk about it on Friday afternoon. Um, kind of in the middle of the Canadians exit interviews, um, which, is bizarre. which was bizarre, uh, not long before Dom Ducharme and Mark Bergevin took to the, took to the microphone. Um, and then had another official press conference with the San Diego Gulls and, and Bob Murray yesterday. So, um, we are going to have audio from both of those press conferences in a moment. Just kind of want to extend what, what Rick's talking about there, you know, um, Ducharme and Bergevin both confirmed that um, it was offered for Joel, Joel to either go back and, and head coach Laval or join Dominic Ducharme's bench as an assistant. Um, now, you'll hear when we get to Bouchard's uh, comments that um, he says that he was fully expecting to come back to the Canadians, so he says. Uh, and that he was absolutely shocked that when July 1st came around, uh, and he will use that word specifically, shocked. Uh, he used it multiple times. He used it in both press conferences, the word shocked. He was shocked when it came to July 1st and Anaheim was calling him and wanted him as badly as they did. Um, and he claims that he had such a great conversation with Bob Murray and 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 all of the uh, front office folks at uh, with Anaheim and felt the love, as he says, uh, of how much they wanted him to come on board, that he just couldn't pass up the new challenge and the new opportunity. So, um, well, just to add to that, yeah. uh, it's not anonymous folks in the, in the front office of Anaheim, uh, Martin Madden Jr. And Martin Madden Sr. Mm-hmm. Um, why are those names important? Well, they have connections to Quebec and they have connections to the Montreal Canadians. 
uh, Martin Madden Sr. was assistant GM uh, for the Montreal Canadiens in the early th- 2000s, uh, assistant GM to Andre Savard. And so they, they have, they have uh, ties to uh, Quebec uh, and, and the Q, and, and they, they know what's going on. And, and uh, so th- they were also, uh, Joel Bouchard uh, can be as shocked as he wanted, uh, <laughs> but um, there's no doubt in my mind that he was part of the leaks to uh, you know, uh, outlets like 91.9 who were saying that uh, Joel Bouchard was unhappy, Joel Bouchard wouldn't, wouldn't return to uh, be the head coach of the Laval Rocket, he was looking for other opportunities. So, um, and, you know, th- that was kind of, I think the, the buzz was, was engineered uh, and it, it, was, it was sent out there and then folks with their uh, tentacles in uh, Quebec uh, picked the, up on that, and 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 the machinery started to, to roll. Um, why would why would Mark Bergevin offer Joel Bouchard um, the assistant head coaching position in Montreal if he felt uh, that there was a, a, a difference in philosophy? Uh, that's because there's a very different approach in the NHL and the AHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, a focus on winning in the NHL, there's no problem with that. Uh, it, it can be a problem uh, in, um, in the AHL, not in the NHL. Uh, but it appears that uh, Joel Bouchard didn't want to be an assistant to his, his good old friend, Dom Ducharme. Well, let's kind of start with the beginning. You know, Bob Murray was on the call yesterday with San Diego. uh, And of course, um, one of the first questions that that reporters had for him, too, was, was did Kevin Deneen end his contract or was this your decision? And Bob Murray was quick to say, no, this was my decision. Um, And so we're going to play... it, it's it's one long clip of Bob Murray, but it's a couple of different sound bites of his talking about why they went with Joel Bouchard, uh, complimenting Kevin Deneen on the on the job that he had done. But but really, um, just the way Bob Murray phrases uh, these these few sound bites that are pieced together here um, is I, I mean, if this is the same kind of conversation that they had with Joel Bouchard on the phone, it's probably no wonder that Joel Bouchard said, sign me up. Focus has definitely gone more to development. Kevin did a good job with that hockey team, but this is more about Joel. This is more about where we're going and timeline. And as I, as I talked to Kevin and the staff and I said, look, I, I, I'm looking into a couple of things and I'm going to have to wait for a couple of things that may happen. And, and it's just what I feel we have to do as an organization. And again, this is all about Joel. It, it, uh, Kevin did a good job. And um, but this is all about the development. And, and, and we got lucky here. We got lucky with what happened in Montreal this year. And um, we're very fortunate. Um, he fits the bill perfectly of what we've been kind of searching for here in the last little while. We're all about development right now, obviously. And Joel has done that, you know, in the Quebec League, uh, Team Canada things, Laval. He's done an outstanding job, all these places. So, again, this is all about development, and um, Joel is outstanding at that. We were aware that uh, his, he hadn't been, his contract he was in the, uh, expiring on, the, on the June 30th. 
and what Montreal was going to do. So we, we were very aware of that, as with a couple of other guys. And, but Joel was the number one guy, and we, we, we called him the next day as soon as we knew and wondered what had happened was this, if he's got anything and Montreal had, had talked to him already. And, you know, I had, I had talked to, to Birch, you know, I, I played with Mark and was a defense partner of mine. So he knew my intentions going ahead of that. So there was no, you know, you know, no games being played there. It's just, he was coming available. He was a guy we were going after big time developed his junior players very well too to take the next step to the American League. You look at his his players are all over the leagues. And all you got to do, Eric, is just look at the Montreal Canadiens. Mm. Younger players, when they come up, how they played. And they contributed. Mm. That's That says it all. They came from Laval over the last few years to Montreal and they contributed immediately. And that's what development is, is getting them ready for that next step. So some, um, <laughs> uh, if there's one thing that Bob Murray is, he says, he, he said it many times, we are lucky, we are fortunate. And um, don't worry, I let Burge, Burge knows me. Burge was my defensive partner. I didn't pull any punches. We said, we're going after Bouchard pretty hard. And uh, so, yeah, it, Bob Murray putting it all on the table there that uh, thanks, Kevin Deneen, you did a great job, but uh, Joel Bouchard is our man and we're going to go get him. Well, when when you hire somebody and you're proud of them, you're going to present a very rosy picture. And that was a very, very rosy picture. <laughs> um, listen, we know that, you know... Uh, the, the the folks that were called up uh, from Laval to Montreal didn't al- always work out, and and that was wasn't necessarily uh, uh, had to do with uh, Joel Bouchard and the way they were prepared. It was was um, you know in some cases the the opportunity they were given or the transition the the lack of opportunity. We think of Leskinen or or Olofsson or or Xavier Willette or or the fact that that uh, players like Ryan Paling, even though he was having such a great season, didn't get called up. Um, so it it's a it's a rosy picture, and and uh, you have to understand the dynamic of Bob Murray and Mark Bergevin. They're friends. Um, uh, you know. Bob Murray has done favors for Mark Bergevin. Um, you know, uh, Nicholas Delorier, uh, when, oh. when Mark Bergevin <laughs> needed to get rid of a, a contract, Bob Murray was there. Louis LeBlanc again. Um, but I think that, that here, uh, he mentioned how lucky they, they were, they are. And, and, um, they needed to, they're lucky with how things happened in Montreal. Mm-hmm. We just talked about Dom Ducharme and how um, I don't think there's, that he had a chance of, of continuing, um, of getting the head coaching mantle um, had the Canadians gone, not gone on a long run. Who was waiting in the wings to see how that all turned out? Joel Bouchard. Um, if it had it turned out, uh, and, and maybe that was, was Mark Bergevin's back, backup plan had, uh, had Carey Price failed to take them to the final or, or, or even, uh, if they had uh, lost in the first round, uh, Dominic Ducharme may not have continued. He may have gone back to an assistant coach and maybe it was Joel Bouchard coming in, um, as the head coach. Maybe that was the, the the distraction that, that Mark Bergevin could present, uh, uh, to, to, to excite the fans. Uh, but 
it didn't play out that way. Um, and, and Dom Ducharme was, was extended. And so, um, Joe Bouchard was left hanging, uh, without a contract and, and, uh, it was Bob Murray that jumped in, um, and gave him a, um, a, a lifeline, a lateral contract. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's not too bad to be, uh, coaching in, in San Diego. It's funny that you mentioned that one of the one of the local beat reporters uh, said to Bouchard at the end of of his question on the presser yesterday. He said, uh, "And Joel, um, here in San Diego, we chip shun- we chip sunshine off the windshields in January, and you're just going to have to suck it up and get used to that." <laughs> I laughed very heartily, and and Bouchard laughed as well. And he he said, uh, "Don't worry, uh, growing up, my whole I've I've only chipped ice off my windshield in Montreal." So. Uh, said he was looking forward to to coming to San Diego for sure. So, so Bouchard's reaction on the flip side of it. Let's just hear one uh, one clip from him talking about how this transition happened from his point of view. Um, and and again, I I remind you that he uses the word shocked. Uh, and and this is what he had to say. This is from his uh, press conference via the Armada on Friday. It wasn't the plan, to be honest, to come with the Ducks. You would have told me that two weeks ago. I would have laughed a little bit. Uh, my plan was to stay with the Habs. I was very happy with, with the Montreal Canadian. And, you know, they didn't kick me out. They, you know, we had discussion about, you know, position maybe as an assistant coach or with Dominic or going back to Laval. But I just really like the connection and the challenge with, uh, with the Ducks. You know, it was... Um, Came out of left field, and you're right. I mean, we had a great ride with the Habs, and very proud of our young player and the old player. And Mark has done a good job with the with the team this year to build it up. So it was it wasn't part of the plan, trust me. But uh, sometimes when opportunity and challenge, you know, that excites you happen in life, you get you get a you get a jump on it. And it wasn't an easy decision, but it was something that was exciting to me. He's excited, and and um, Joe Bouchard is going to always present. Um, you know, he's going to present a rosy view. He's going to he he's an experienced media guy. Mm-hmm. He knows he knows what the media are looking for, and he knows how to uh, to manipulate them. Uh, is he telling the hundred percent truth? I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> but but um, he's crafting this narrative now. Uh, in the way that puts him in the best light, and 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 good for him. He's he's come out of this smelling like a rose, and and in that in that in that uh, theme, he's not going to throw any daggers at the Mark Bergevin nor the Montreal Canadiens organization. No, he's not. Uh, and he he repeated that multiple times. I should say, I, I apologize, I was mistaken. That that clip was from uh, the San Diego presser yesterday. Um, he he did mention in both press conferences many times, I've got nothing bad to say about Mark Bergevin, Jeff Molson. I thank them for giving me the opportunity to to basically cut his teeth coaching in the pro league. Um, without them, I would never have had the opportunity to have even had this conversation with Anaheim and so on and so forth. Um, so on Friday, uh, one of the things that I asked him was, okay, so let's talk about you. He, he loves to use that word challenge all the time. It's one of his favorite words. And so, you know, it was, okay, so what's, what is the new challenge? It's a lateral move. What is the new challenge for Joel Bouchard? And, and here's how he responded. So you're going to grow and learn is going to be challenges for us. Uh, so 
at the end of the day, the HL is what it is. It's a tough league to coach. You know that, Amy. It's so difficult. You mm -hmm. build your lineup. Next day, you're missing two guys. They're up. Guys are coming down. There's a lot of coaching and, and, and teaching and, 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 you know, stuff that you can implant in player. And with the Rocket, we've done that. We feel it's kind of done a little bit. And with the goals and the organization, it's like, Told if in ball game where we're coming with, with our ideas and they're welcomed them with open arms, which was a lot of fun. And you, we know it's got to be tough. Don't kid yourself. The process of, you know, you heard me a lot with the, with the process over the years. And <laughs> I think you saw this year what I meant by this. And now we have mm -hmm. the result this year. It takes time. So, uh, you know, we're, I'm 47 years old and I feel it's going to be a challenge that's, uh, that's going to be fun for me. He said in a different clip as well, he, he, he kept talking about how much he appreciated how Anaheim was really receptive to his ideas and, and the plan that they have to put forward. And he would quickly, he quickly in the other one, made sure to catch himself and say, I'm not saying that Montreal didn't have a good vision as far as those kind, you know, it was almost kind of like, oh, wait, don't, don't, <laughs> don't burn that bridge. Um, you know, Rick, I, I find it interesting that he's he's talking about how, oh, it was really refreshing to have someone appreciate my ideas. Yeah, that well, because if you're if you're if you have a difference in philosophy and you're always having to fight for your ideas and, and now there's an organization that's accepting, um, it's much different. But you see that that Joel Bouchard was uh, he was in a hurry um, because he had. In a in a shortened season, um, just thirty six games in a in a, a division, a different division, uh, with the best roster uh, he's ever had, uh, they had a very successful season. Um, of course, the challenge is uh, at the AHL level to be able to to do that year after year after year. Uh, he's not going to wait for that because what happens? If um, with the Canadians or with Laval next year that they they fell back, uh, he needs to capitalize on this success. And uh, so that's what he's he's done here and and uh, has moved to a place where he may have uh, this may offer him a, a, a better stepping stone uh, to the NHL, whether within or or um, within the organization or to a new organization. What was the one thing that I also picked out on that soundbite that I thought he that was interesting he's talking about you know building the plan and and putting it all together and he said and 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 we we kind of did that in Laval in right. fact I kind of thought that we were done like he felt that okay I did what I needed to do here check that box we're done we can't grow like we've reached the pinnacle which yep. <laughs> mission accomplished which I, that's not that's, well you know how it works in the AHL that's right. um <laughs> But that's why he wants to get in, get out, and and uh, and move on. He's he's ambitious. Obviously, he's ambitious. He is. Um, so, what has Joel Bouchard learned from these first three years coaching in the AHL and the pro leagues? Those were those were my questions for him uh, in yesterday's press conference uh, with San Diego. Uh, this first clip we're going to listen to, I asked him, you know, because we talk so much about the role of the head coach and the role of the coaching staff at the AHL. We talk so much about developing prospects. We talk about so much, uh, you know, what it's, what it means to be able to successfully develop your prospects. So what is it that he has learned 
from this time spent in Laval. And so the first thing I asked him was, what are what are you what do you now see as the keys to keeping a balance between developing prospects and creating a winning environment at the AHL level? You never stop developing in any league you are in the world, and you you always keep that that mindset of winning. Obviously, so it's always that balance that you have to have, and 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 this is what coaching is all about. Always been and always will be. That's sometimes a little hard. Obviously, we've lose some games sometimes that you know it's part of development. But then you have that winning mindset, and uh, you feel comfortable. You can head up to the, you know, deep in the season with those big game, and you have that that winning attitude and that winning concept that can really, you know, you can start the game and know that you're going to be fine because you've checked your box all year long. This is um, he he talks about developing, but but again, in the. On the the scale, uh, winning is a winning mindset, and and winning is very important part of that development in in his mind, um, and that's where I I think the the organization had some difficulty, and and you know we talked about that mm-hmm. when he prioritizes AHL veterans over giving uh, a learning experience uh, to to one of the prospects, putting them in different situations, putting them on special teams, putting them at the face-off dot. Um, and you, you may have to sacrifice, uh, you know, uh, giving a learning experience to, to putting a vet in and knowing that they can, they can handle that experience. Um, so yeah, he, he has obviously a very different uh, view of, of uh, development. And uh, the good thing for him is that it seems to be right in lockstep with uh, the Anaheim Ducks organization. Absolutely. So my my follow-up to that was, okay, well, let's talk about the second part of that, and that is the transition of a prospect to the NHL. Um, you know, there's we've, we've talked about everyone likes to use Jake Evans as the example that, uh, you know, he, uh, without Joel Bouchard's help, he wouldn't have become the NHL player he is today. That's debatable for a different day. Um, but but that is got to be a key at the AHL level is setting your players up that they are going to transition well to the NHL game. So that was the second thing I asked Joel Bouchard. Well, it's the partnership. I'm going to, you know, have to make it a player to make him realize that, you know, his style of play needs to be NHL because we always, you know, every organization draft good player and player that can play in the AHL and even be successful in the AHL. But I feel that it's our job as a coaching staff to, 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 to guide the player, to give him the tools so he'll be able to play in the NHL and have success. So all the details in the game. What you need to do when you get to the NHL is only one thing, get the trust of your coaching staff. This is what it is. I mean, you get called up, obviously, uh, you played in an inferior level. The coach needs to know right away, I can put this guy on the ice. He can contribute and, and have a positive impact. So And after that, probably grow even more because then you'll be even more comfortable so, you know, the way you play needs to make everybody comfortable uh, behind the bench, on the bench, and on the ice. The main goal is for them to have an NHL game in the AHL so they can play, and it's demanding. So, um, yeah, they need to be able to focus on detail, play at pace, at, at an NHL pace, so that the coaching staff in the NHL can trust them. And um, that's all great in theory, but it, it hasn't been working so well 
um, in the in the Montreal Canadiens organization historically uh, because they haven't had uh, coaches who trust younger players. Uh, they haven't had younger uh, had coaches who who give opportunities uh, to younger players so that they can uh, earn that trust. Um, and 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 I think that's where the coach at the AHL level and the coach at the NHL level, the, the entire coaching staffs need to be on the same page. And and uh, maybe at times that that wasn't the case um, in the Montreal organization. You talked uh, a, a bit ago about how um, you know Joel Bouchard is a is a seasoned media guy, and that actually came up in in his next answer. Someone uh, asked him who his who his who had the most influence on him as a coach. Basically, kind of who did he who did he learn from as a coach? His answer to this, I thought, was kind of interesting. Barry Trotz. With Nashville Predators, was definitely a guy that you know we started the franchise. Uh, he started as a coach. I started as a player there, and I really felt he, he had a good grasp on on uh, on the NHL and how to treat player and how to connect with player. And obviously, uh, he did really well after that for uh, for his career. And, and on the flip side, I was lucky after I retired to be with Jacques Demers, who's a uh, won the Stanley Cup with the Montreal Canadiens in 1993. I did TV broadcast with him for three years, and I know he wasn't coaching me at the time, or he didn't think it was coaching me, but I was just getting myself into coaching in junior and spending a lot of time during the broadcast, you know, telling me story, all the mistake he made, and, you know, when he made a good move. And I think that that was so good to have that open discussion with him. And he didn't know at the time how much he was helping me, but I always think about Jack, uh, you know, he's my friend, and, a lot of respect for what he did and how he managed his player. And I could see the relationship be built with his player over the years. It's um, Barry Trotz. There's the, Barry Trotz, one of the best coaches in the <laughs> NHL. That, yeah. That's uh, that's somebody uh, to call your mentor. Uh, the the story around uh, Jacques Demare, um, and and given the situation they were in, a media situation and learning, mm-hmm. um, I, I think that, uh, that Joe Bouchard is excellent with the media and, and uh, he's great at getting his message across. Uh, and, and certainly that has rubbed off uh, from Jacques Demers. <laughs> um, I, I don't know about the, the coaching side, but certainly the, <laughs> the role of dealing with the media. Um, he's, uh, he's got that down. So... Um we have one more clip uh, to play from Bouchard that we'll play in just a moment. It it relates to the the next part of this is that okay the the Canadians need to find a replacement head coach now in Laval. Um, they were already down an assistant coach because of Alex Burroughs going up to the NHL, and Joel Bouchard did mention uh, on Friday that he was taking assistant coach Daniel Jacob with him to Anaheim. Uh, so that means that Laval is out a head coach and two assistants. So that is a big gaping hole uh, to fill. Um, 
for Laval and and Rick, there's you've you've mentioned that there's already some rumors circulating on on people being interviewed for that. I know uh, you wrote a headlines uh, article that has some information in it, correct? On allhabs.net uh, headlines piece, there was a, a TVR report, TVR reporter, and and uh, we have the names of uh, three candidates that uh, are under consideration by the Laval Rocket, uh, two assistant coaches from uh, Syracuse. And uh, one uh, head coach from the Gatineau uh, Olympics, and and uh, you want to head to allhabs.net to read about that uh, that headline and and uh, and several other uh, stories in the news. So Bouchard was uh, was happy to to announce on Friday that he was taking Jan, Dan Jacob with him. Um, when pressed about it uh, yesterday, he he did not have. Uh, any more information on whether or not he's he's made any other decisions uh, for his new bench, uh, but did offer offer this about his thought process on what he looks for when choosing assistant coaches. Well, I, I look for great person. That's first and foremost, passionate, great person with energy, positive energy, and obviously knowledge. I mean, that's part of you know what we do, it, it, and it's kind of. It has to be the right guy. And I think sometimes the right guy is not always the same for a different coaching staff. Um, and my discussion with the docs was like, you have to have a crew that checks all the box. So the player have all that they need. Cause at the end of the day, it's not about me. It's about the player. It's always about the player and always will be. They're the one that are playing. And I never forget how hard it is to be a pro hockey player. So it's our job as an organization to find the crew, to build the crew, to have the best, you know, surrounding that we can for our player. Yeah, I think, I think it's fair to say, um, that, that Joe Bouchard is, it needs, um, in his style of, of managing the team, managing players, he needs, uh, um, assistant coaches. And for that matter, uh, captains that are going to agree with him. Um, he's not the kind who appreciates um, folks asking questions or challenging his view or offering a different viewpoint. Um, and and Daniel Jacob is 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 just that. Uh, Daniel Jacob's been with um, Joel Bouchard from the the Armada days, and and he came from uh, nowhere really. A, an assistant coach in in uh, McGill. Um, that seven years ago or so, uh, Joel Bouchard uh, uh, met up with and and brought to uh, the Armada, then uh, Laval, and and now to uh, uh, San Diego. So we now are in uh, kind of a holding pattern. We'll see what happens. I think it'll be interesting to see who Joel Bouchard roll, rounds out the rest of his bench with in San Diego. We'll certainly keep an eye uh, this season on... Um, his progression, uh, it'll be curious to see, you know, he, he talked freely about how uh, this is going to be quite different from for him, that uh, he's coming from Laval where players knew what to expect, what he expected from them every day, that he uh, he readily admitted, you know, I was surrounded by players, many of whom I've coached in the queue, so he was very familiar with them, and now he's moving to an organization where he doesn't have that luxury. Uh, so I'll be curious to see things like, you know, does he start to bring in some of those familiar faces of his from the queue into the, into the San Diego lineup uh, and, and how he manages uh, that new franchise, new situation, West Coast, uh, Western Conference hockey, um, and, and we'll keep a tab on that. But 
in the short term, uh, all eyes on Laval to see what's going to happen there. Um, you know, both Laval and the Canadians uh, had good, ended their seasons well. Um, and it's going to be very crucial for them to put into place in Laval uh, a team of coaches who can continue that progression forward and not take two steps back uh, in a transition period, Rick. So I think, uh, I think it's going to be very, very interesting to see who, who comes in. Going to be very busy, and there's going to be a number of announcements that come out quite quickly. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of announcements, uh, the Trois Rivier Lions will be announcing their first assistant coach tomorrow. So we'll have that in, that news for you next week, and at the AHL Report online. Of course, if you missed it, they've already announced their first five player signings. Uh, not surprisingly, they are all Quebecois. Uh, you've got defenseman Matthew Brodeur, defenseman Matthew Gagnon, uh, forward Olivier Archambault, defenseman Guillaume Baudouin, and forward Alexis Daou. Uh, so they are the first crop of signings by Trois-Rivières themselves. Of course, we know, Rick, that uh, a number of the Laval Rocket signings have been two-way deals, which means a lot of them will likely be be on the bench uh, for the Lions as well. Um, one person we know will not, uh, additional person we know will not be behind the, uh, be on the bench in Laval is Jordan Wheel. Uh as much as that was rumored recently, uh, confirmation came out today uh, when uh, Akbar's in K- uh, the KHL team announced that he has signed a two-year contract with them. So Jordan Wheel heading to the KHL for the next two years. And regardless of what people think about uh, the the play of Jordan Wheel at the NHL level, he was uh, he was, he was ter- terrific uh, in the way that he mentored uh, the younger players this past year. Um, uh, it's it's uh, it's a loss that will have to be filled. And his attitude about um, not playing in the NHL this year and, and being an AHL guy, he had an exemplary attitude, as you say, a very good role model for younger players. So we wish him the best of luck. Um, all right, we are going to take a quick break. On the other side uh, of this, we're going to go around the AHL and beyond. We've got uh, a little talk about the new Abbotsford team coming to the league, uh, as well as some ECHL talk and, uh, it's prospects, prospects, prospects. It is prospect season and, uh, got lots to talk about with that. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. 
If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit AHLReport.com and click the Join Our Team tab at the top of the page today. And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Again, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Uh, two places. Be sure you're following at the AHL Report. That's the place to go for all of your AHL news, uh, game recaps when, when we're in the midst of hockey season and all sorts of other great content. And of course, you can also follow this podcast at the Press Zone. Uh, make sure you're following both of those on Twitter. Uh, in this segment, we just uh, have a few notes about the AHL and even beyond that. Um, we know that there's going to be a new team in Abbotsford, uh, the Vancouver Canucks moving their AHL affiliate a little closer to home. Uh, they were actually slated to launch that team its name, its branding, its logo, that kind of thing, last week. Uh, and at the last minute, it got postponed a week. They said there were still some loose ends that they had to tie up. So this week, uh, we will find out what the Abbotsford team is going to be called and and what their uh, team launch is going to look like. So we'll bring all of that to you next week for sure. Um, interesting thing to note, uh, you know, we've talked about uh, how the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, won the Stanley Cup uh, yet again this year. Um, interestingly, the ECHL, and we talk, we, you know, we hear quite often, oh, there's so many AHL grads uh, who who were part of the Stanley Cup winning team this year. And, and to their credit, the ECHL did something similar with a, with a, a press release this year. Um, saying that for the 21st consecutive year, uh, the ECHL is represented on the Stanley Cup champion team uh, by one player, Yanni Gord, uh, was an ECHL alum, but also a number of other uh, folks within front management, front office management and so forth. Uh, assistant coach Derek Lalonde is an ECHL grad, the director of player development, J.P. Cote, an ECHL grad. Uh, the assistant equipment manager, Jason Berger, is an ECHL grad, as is their radio play-by-play -play announcer, Dave Mishkin. Um, and Rick, the reason I... So some people may say, well, who cares? Uh, but we talk so often about how uh, the AHL is a development league, not just for players, but for all aspects of a hockey team. And this is just a further example of that, of, of that the ECHL is also keyed into that development process. I know you like to talk about that that AAA and AA um, Major League Baseball kind of pyramid uh, of system. And the same thing goes here. And, and, and it really is a testament to um, developing at the lower pro levels and, and working your way up. And Stanley Cup dreams can come true. 
the great organizations are the ones who develop from within because you can uh, have players, particularly in a salary cap environment, players uh, that are contributing beyond, uh, you know, in, in their early years beyond their, their salary cap level. And, and um, the, um, yeah, the, 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 the progression, of course, there's, there's not going to be that many uh, ECHL players, but, but uh, should be a lot of AHL grads or alums in your lineup that make contributions. And, and that's one of the reasons that, that we cover all leagues is, mm-hmm. is so that fans uh, and listeners are, um, uh, you know, very comfortable with, with uh, the, the, the names and the talents of these players before they get to the NHL level. Uh, the Syracuse Crunch put out a graphic and, and it was, I found it very impactful. Um, it says Syr- Syracuse Crunch alumni who are Stanley Cup champions. Uh, and they had 24 players and uh, nine um, uh, hockey operations folks uh, that uh, are alums of the Syracuse Crunch that made an impact uh, on uh, the the Tampa Bay Lightning roster. And and uh, not just that they you know not just that they played in the AHL uh, maybe with another organization worked there, but they were Syracuse Crunch alumni, the AHL affiliate of, of Tampa Bay. So I, I think that That's was... incredible. Yeah, I, I think it was amazing. And and I know you've said this before, Syracuse is doing it right. Syracuse, For sure. Syracuse is, con- is a perennial um, contender in their division in the AHL. They are always tough to play against. They are always coached well. Um, you hear nothing but fabulous things about their organization as a whole. And this is kind of the proof is in the pudding that, as you say, it's not that there were this gigantic number of players and coaches and front office staff from all over the AHL that were on this Stanley Cup winning team. It's that they all come from the same franchise uh, at some point in time or another. That's a testament to uh, having a good development system in place, a solid development system, and one that is geared towards bringing home the Stanley Cup as often as possible. And they've gone back-to-back years now. There's all kinds of talk right now uh, that uh, Tampa Bay is in uh, salary cap trouble for next year. And, And for sure... Um, but in this graphic, there's there's folks like Boris Kachuk and and Radish and Mitchell Stevens, um, and, and Walcott and and players who we've seen uh, in the AHL, mm-hmm. uh, and we know that we'll be filling some of those places uh, for players that will have to move on because of salary cap restrictions. It's it's really tremendous, and again, I I tip my hat to. Uh, everyone in every aspect of work at the AHL and ECHL levels, uh, it is a grind day in and day out, year in and year out. Um, but when you keep at it and you persist, uh, good things can happen. And so uh, they're there for a reason. And, and that's just tremendous news. Uh, next week is a big week. It's prospect season and uh, it's a little... Uh, a little more crazier than usual uh, condensed schedule. You've got the Seattle Kraken officially enter the league uh, with their uh, expansion draft on Wednesday night, um, and then two days later is the first round of the NH of the 2021 NHL entry draft. Uh, it will be held virtually again this year uh, with Gary Bettman um, 
in the studios in Secaucus, New Jersey, I believe. Uh, so it'll be virtual again this year. So you've got the expansion draft happening, then you've got uh, the entry draft happening, and in the midst of rounds two through seven of the entry draft happening, on that same day next Saturday, USA Hockey will be kicking off the 2021 World Junior Summer Showcase, hosting teams Finland and Sweden for uh you know, a, a more than a week long uh, mini tournament to get uh, to give scouts and and managers and so forth and coaches a good look at at who could be making up the rosters for those three countries at the World Juniors next year. So we will have Rick can testify this to this allhabs.net and the AHL report uh, will have full coverage of all of those events. Uh, it's the place to be and. Uh, very busy time. Very busy time. There is no, we always say there's no off season. This, this year we really mean it. <laughs> um, now, Rick, our feel good finale, we tease this at the top of the show. Today is the first episode of season five of the press zone. Can you believe that we've hit season five already? No, I can't. I can't either. It's, it seems like yesterday we were just starting, uh, starting out. Um, and so there's a new season ahead. Uh, we know that you come here for um, s- real analysis, um, the, the analysis and insight that we can give you from being in rinks and, and talking to scouts and talking to coaches and talking to players and, and giving you kind of a, a little bit of, of insight and, and a perspective that you might not get elsewhere. But you also come here for some really tremendous exclusive interviews. We've got lots more of those coming. Um, and uh, we're really excited about that. I'm very excited to say next week is the 200th episode. Not only is it season five, we're kicking off season five this week. Next week is the 200th episode of the Press Zone. And so, you know, we we run the Press Zone Montreal and the Press Zone Philadelphia every week. So so this week it was episode 198 was the Press Zone Montreal. Episode 199 was the Press Zone Philadelphia. We can't play favorites, of course. So... Both of our audiences get to share the 200th episode. We'll have a special combined Montreal-Philadelphia um, press zone next week to celebrate our 200th episode. You don't want to miss it. Uh, might have some trips down memory lane. You never know. We'll just we, we'll have some fun. We know we'll have talk, hockey to talk about, though, uh, Rick, as we... Uh, Will we have Kraft mac and cheese flavored ice cream? I'm going to go ahead and say, say no. No, no. <laughs> No. <laughs> but maybe we'll maybe we should make some KD. <laughs> All right, and um, you know, I'm sure that'll sound great eating that on a microphone. Mm-hmm. Creamy craft mac and cheese on a micro. No, we're just not going to go there. Um, I have to say thank you to all of our uh, loyal listeners. I have to say thank you to the entire Rocket Sports team who is continually supportive of what we do here at Rocket Sports here at the AHL report and here at the press zone, um, their listenership, their feedback, their encouragement, uh, is, is, uh, incomparable. And I, if I don't say thank you enough to them for it, uh, let me say thank you very loudly right now. And of course, Rick, I have to thank you for being, uh, my tremendous co-host, uh, couldn't do the show every week without you. And, um, it just wouldn't be the same without us, uh, captaining this ship of the press zone and uh it's been a fun four seasons and i think this season's going to be pretty tremendous as well i think so too thank you to our listeners uh we appreciate you we are very grateful that you're with us each and every week and we're grateful that uh you share um the content that we have 
and uh, our our uh, hockey community family has grown and grown and grown and grown over the last few years, and uh, we're we're just very, so very appreciative to you for that. So, with all that being said. Um I know I always say buckle up, but I feel like every week you have to add an extra seatbelt because I think things are going to get pretty exciting uh, coming down the stretch here. Uh, lots of hockey news. We'll be uh, we'll be having our ear to the ground on all of the latest, and we look forward to joining you here next Tuesday for the 200th episode of the Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of the Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.